1: Welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable
2: or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. Hi, I'm Dan, Arsenal fan. I write for EPLindex.com and my other sites, and you can catch me on Twitter at the underscore jersey underscore fits.
3: Hi, I'm Jay. I'm editor of theeaglesbeak.com, a Palace fan site by fans for fans. You can catch us on Twitter at the Eagles Beak, and I also work on a local radio football show called Back of the Net. You can catch us on Twitter at underscore back of the net underscore.
1: Alright, thanks so much for joining us, guys. Up first, of course, we have Making the Rounds, where we each have a few minutes to discuss what's been happening at our clubs this week. We'll start off with Dan, which feels appropriate since you had the first match of the week. A draw with Hull. What was your view on that match?
2: Um uh, it's kind of a weird one because I don't think anyone played distinctly badly and i thought there were a number of people who performed pretty well but we drew nil nil at home to hull so it's it's kind of weird the whole putting the ball in the back of the net thing just didn't go too well um yeah i really didn't think anyone played badly i thought we had a number of people play pretty well. I was impressed by Alex Iwobi. Um, he looked very good. Phil Walcott looked lively. Welbeck looked good, considering this was his first start in 10 months. Um, and who else looked good? There were a couple of people who had who looked very good, and we just never actually put the ball in the back of the net. It was very, very strange. Um, Hull were, I mean... They didn't want to play this match. If they're being totally honest, they really didn't want the replay they got. But um, they had a second string team out. They parked the bus. Eh, fair play to them. It worked. They got the clean sheet. Of course, they got the replay that neither of us wanted. But we're just gonna have to deal with it. Um, we'll touch on that stuff later, I think. But um, yeah, it's it was a really really strange game. Considering I I really did thought, thought some people impressed, but no one scored. So yeah.
1: Yeah, obviously, like you said, not the result that you wanted. Um, You add the replay to the mix. You also have Barcelona up this week. This was a topic a few weeks ago, but if if you had to say what your focus was right
2: now, would it just be the Premier League? Yeah, just Premier League. Uh, Champions League, Barcelona are just way too good. And um, FA Cup would be great to win, but if I have to pick a winner between that or Premier League, it's not a choice.
1: All right, Jay, it has been a while since you have been on. I heard you had a match today or something against some other club, uh, but you finally notched a win. Uh, what was your take on that match?
3: Yeah, we, well, it's great to be back. Thanks, Kev. Um, yeah, it's not been the greatest time for us uh, this year after, a, after an excellent end to 2015 or well, an excellent 2015. We've, we've not managed to win in the Premier League, but we've saved our best form for the FA Cup, and that proved again today a tough trip away to Spurs who are second in the Premier League table it's difficult to know what to expect from the game today particularly as Spurs travelled to Italy on Thursday night made a few changes and ahead of this game they did as well but came back in so you know Spurs making a few changes but it's not something that will we'll should disrupt the team too much really um, as for Palace we're kind of you know, fighting against that poor run of form that we've had lately. But like I say, we, we've saved our best form for the FA Cup and it was a fantastic win for us today. I think we played well. I think we, got, we stuck in into the game at, at the right time, dug in when we needed to. Um, and we had, uh, you know, we, we had a, a few chances in the first half, even though Tottenham had, you know, a fair amount of possession, which you, you'd expect from the home side, really. A um, couple of you know, big penalty shouts for us in that first half, which I've just watched highlights on TV and the and highlights didn't show either of them, which is disappointing, really. Um, but it was it was a fairly even, even... Like I say, Spurs had a lot of possession, but it was a fairly even first half in terms of chances. Um, but it was great to go in at halftime. It was a real shot on the arm to see Martin Kelly get that goal for us. Um, and I can't say it was too undeserved, really. Uh, perhaps we were a little bit lucky with it, but I think Wilf Zaha... Um, was struggling in the first half you know he he did try a few things but it was he was man marked by two players most of the time but he he managed to get three in them in the middle of the pitch held the ball up long enough for Kelly to uh, to to catch up and run alongside and score his first half Palace it was a he, i mean from that angle you've got to just have a shot as if it's on target then, you know, you're you're gonna have to make the keeper make an excellent save. And for me, Loris has been excellent for Spurs every time we've played them. It wasn't Lloris in goal. Um so getting the shot on target I was hopeful that it would go in and it did. It was you know going in at half time, being one nil, brilliant, very happy. Kinda of goes against the recent form we've had. Second half we just you know well, I, I guess the first twenty minutes we kind of dug in and but we we had our chances as well. Um as did Spurs, uh, we just talked before the pod that Deli Ali had a couple of chances, the one that hit both posts. I mean, sometimes you think you see that happen, hits both posts, and and Joel Ward did excellent not to put it into his own net, actually. It's probably harder mm-hmm. to clear it than it was to put it in his own net, really, from that position. But it, I think it's one of those where sometimes as a fan you think, you know, it's not going our way, is it? Yeah. Um, Adebayor got a lot of a lot of grief from the Tottenham fans, but I think he put in a great shift for us until he went off. Um, I think we we could have gone, we could have won the game two 0 in the end. I think uh, uh, Balassi came on a fantastic to see Balassi come back. We've really missed him, um, and he came on. Fred Adebayor. And gave us a bit of impetus out wide, gave us a bit more of an option, particularly in the latter stages of the game, to to carry the ball. And he did do that. I mean, it's exactly what it does for us, is pick up the ball, run with it. Um, and to be honest, Wickham should have left that ball. And I think it would have gone in from that shot from Balassi, but it's given offside because Wickham got his foot on it. Um, but yeah, very happy, like I say, against the recent form we've had. But we've saved our best for the FA Cup, and we now finally have a favourable tie in the next round of the quarterfinals away at Reading, Championship side. um, I was expecting us to get Chelsea away, but we didn't. For once, the FA Cup draw was relatively kind to us. Um, Not an easy game, by all means. You know, it's a tough trip to Reading. known them from my Championship days. They got to the semi-finals last year of the FA Cup, so they'll want to do the same again. Um, But tonight, very happy. I'm just hoping that this win will be a catalyst for us to to pick up some form in the Premier League again and finish strongly uh, between now and the end of the season.
1: Yeah, we did a joint piece heading into this match uh, about kind of the state of Tottenham and Crystal Palace in preparation for this one. Uh, for those that didn't read it, I, I asked the question of uh, obviously Crystal Palace have been on a tough run, and that that can't surely have all been just because of Balassi. Would you mind expanding on here?
3: Of course, yeah. I, I mean, while Balassi being out injured for uh, uh, you know a good six weeks has been a real problem for us. Um, and I'll explain that, you know, Bellassi, when he plays, you only have to watch the last 20 minutes of today's game to see what he gives us. I mean, he picks up the ball and runs with it. He's a completely different winger to uh, to Wilfred Zaha. Well, Wilfred will um, get the ball, but he will he will take it a bit slowly rather than Yannick. Yeah, Yannick just picks it up and runs with it. it just goes, you know, um, runs into space and a lot more powerful than wilfred's is. But... You know, apart from that, we've had a, we've had injuries to key players. You know, during that time we had suspension to for Connor Wickham, who missed three games. You know, we 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 had Kabay out for a, you know in and out of the team for a, for a short period. Uh, we had Bakari Sacco out. I think we had our you know earlier on in the season we had both our fullback first choice fullbacks out as well. So it, I haven't known a season quite like it in terms of injuries for us. I mean, we lost James McArthur. Um, just after christmas to for the rest of the season, um Joe Dedley was out injured um, We were having to put youth players on the bench I, I, like i say i think we 've been relatively lucky the last couple of years in the Premier League, and this season it 's really hit us hard and This is a squad of players you know when fully fit we were we were in the top four in the premier League and i 'm not suggesting at all that we' are, we would have finished in the top four but it 's it 's a squad of players that are capable of finishing in the top eight, I would say um you know, based on all of them being fit, um, and obviously, you know, it kind of coincided those injuries with a few players out of form as well. Jason Puncham was out of form, then he pulled his hamstring, so he's he's currently out at the moment, I, I would say he was. Actually, he actually sat with the away fans today, with the Palace fans uh, in, in the end. So um, hopefully he knows he's got to do that for the rest of the season now. Um, not I'm superstitious or anything, but uh, <laughs> he should sit with the Palace fans the rest of the season. But yeah, a mixture of injury, lack of form. Balassi has been the main one that's hit us, but it's been a combination really, because I think sometimes with clubs that if you have one or two players out, then you can bring in squad players from the bench, to fill those holes for like two or three games, perhaps any more than that two or three players, then I think you're going to be struggling to, because you don't, you know, you have squad players for a reason. They're not the same quality as the players that are in the first team. Um, that's exactly why those players are in the first team because they are better than the ones that are on the bench or or trying to get into that you know matchday squad. So it, it's a tough. It, it's been a tough few weeks for us, I have to say. I'm just hoping the result today will give us a real lift, and you know hopefully it does. I think we've seen signs of it with uh, Adebayor coming into the side. I think he's given us a bit of uh, a bit of impetus. That, you know, didn't particularly work against Watford, even though he scored his his first goal for us. Um, but there were signs in that game that um, you know it could work out for us. So. F- fingers crossed, but you know it, it was a great performance today. Uh, very happy and and especially happy to see Yannick back.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned there where you think you could have finished if you had stayed healthy all year. Obviously, that isn't the case. Many people would be probably surprised to hear that you're in 13th right now. Where do you think you end this season?
3: Um, Yeah, I mean, like I say, I, I think this is a squad, a, know, a fully fit squad capable of making the top eight, particularly this season that it's been so... Um, it's, it's been so hard to call, isn't it? A lot of games, a lot of teams. It's been so competitive. It really is. Um, I, I think we have a chance of finishing top ten. I think finishing top ten and a continued running in the FA Cup would be fantastic. Um, but to be honest, if we keep going in the FA Cup, get to the final, who knows? You know, get to semis. You know, it's it's getting to that stage now that if we, you know, if we beat Reading in the next rounds. Um, get into semis, you just don't know, it, you know, anything could happen. Um, if we finish 13th, 14th and go on to the cup final, it's not a too shabby season, really, I wouldn't have thought. Um, but for me, I think we're good enough to, to make that top 10. You know, we we should be able to finish strongly now uh, with with certain players back in the team. Ibalasi, Sacco's on his way back. Um, you know, we've got players who are suddenly finding their form again. So... Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that we can you know pick up points starting with West Brom away next week. Uh, we do have a tough run of games, but you know we had a tough run of games to start the season, but we we picked up points freely, so um, I'm I'm quite confident we can finish in the top ten.
1: All right, uh, yeah, I was obviously on the other side of that match against Crystal Palace. I agree largely with what you were saying. Um, I, I having seen the penalty shout, it was very much a penalty for some reason. Uh, Fox Sports, who was uh, televising here in the States, decided to spend about 10 to 15 minutes of commentary still debating it. And <laughs> us as the opposition were still like, yeah, it was a- we get it. I even had to tweet it out. I was like, we get it, Fox Sports. It was a penalty. It hit him in the hand.
2: Yeah. I think I, think I might know the reason because Fox Sports is terrible.
1: Well, you're <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> um, you're technically correct, which is, as we all know, the best kind of correct. Um, but yeah, it was it was absolutely a penalty every day of the week. Um, it was unfortunate for Wickham to uh, make that run a little too early. Maybe if he had left it, the velocity shot finds its way. I think a limb of more might have still caught it. Uh, but if he times that better, he scores. Obviously, he hasn't had the fairy tale start. Uh, or middle, really, for uh, <laughs> Crystal Palace. Um, but I, I like the signing of Ataboyor again, as, as we mentioned in that piece earlier this week. Um, mm. From the Tottenham side of things, it, the first half was very exciting. Dele Alli hits both posts with a shot that looks very good. Later on, sends in a brilliant cross that Kane tries to back heel in. Just gets maybe a stud on it. <laughs> Obviously not enough to turn it in. Anima was there as well. I, I really enjoy watching Josh Anima. I um, know Della Ali is silky and has all of the end product. Puts balls in both the goal and in dangerous places for other people to tap them in. But every time I see Josh onama I'm really impressed. Um, sometimes his positioning, obviously not so great. He's, he's still incredibly young. But uh, when he has the ball, it seems like he knows what he's doing. Sometimes his, his runs off the ball aren't too... Uh, I don't want to say smart. That's a weird criticism. Um, he, he just doesn't have that experience of knowing like how to put the defender on the wrong shoulder and stuff like that before receiving the ball. Once he has it, he knows what to do with it. But, you know, that, these are things that he'll grow into. I just think it was a problem without either Erickson or LaMela. Actually, Saif and I were talking about this during the match, that Erickson and LaMela are our two best creators, and neither of them get the start today. Dele Ali obviously mm. has that capability, but he's a better second creator. Then we did play Moussa Dembele, who did get man of the match uh, against Manchester City. He's obviously been on a great run. And he was dominating the midfield in the first half. Uh, and then we subbed him out to put on Ericsson in the second half at halftime. And Jay and I talked about this briefly, that it's very much like when a manager panics and puts a second striker on, but you lose the pipeline through which the play goes. So now you just have a lot of attacking players and a lot of defending players and very little means to kind of translate that through the midfield. Uh, and I thought that was also evident. We just had... Erickson, son Ali and uh, Anima just kind of standing around, not really sure who was going where. Kane was very disconnected for most of this match. Uh, mm. it, it just wasn't. It just wasn't our day, really. And uh, <laughs> I was saying like a draw was the worst thing for us. At, at the end of the match, people were really wanting us to score a goal. A one-one draw is not what we needed. I would have. I'm not one of those people. It's like I'd rather go out of the competition. I would have rather won. But once you're down 1-0 in about the 75th minute, if you're going to score one, you have to score two. Still have Europa League to deal with, which Jay mentioned, have to go uh, play against Fiorentina again. Uh, that was a draw, so we can't just put out a kid side for that if, if we are m- intending to continue on in that competition. And then obviously our best chance for Champions League is now the Premier League. So uh, all, all credit to Crystal Palace as a person that covered them the first half of the year and as a friend of Jay. Glad to see them doing well. Just unfortunate it had to happen against us. I do think that we probably had the majority of play, but they had just as many clear-cut chances and arguably could have had more. I I think that a more proper scoreline wouldn't have changed the result, but I think something like 2-1 or 3-2 would have been more accurate as to how the play was. It was a very fun match to watch for the neutral, I'm sure. Um, But all in all, the result was correct. The penalty should have been given. But, you know, on to the next one. I know some Spurs fans are already panicking because we drew with Fiorentina and then lost today, and everybody's jumping on the, oh, we get tired late in the season train that I mentioned like two weeks ago that people are just now realizing. (laughs) Uh, That was really conceited of me to say. I apologize for that. But it's true. We have struggled down the stretch at times, but neither of these competitions are our main goal, and in neither of them do we play our best 11. So I think it's clear we were trying to rotate, still put out a very competitive side, tried to get the points or in the case of the FA Cup, just advance. Uh, but we didn't, and uh, I don't know. There, there have been worse things in the history of Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, so all credit to Palace, though. I don't want to just say that like, we tanked it. Palace did play very well, uh, which, again, it, it was good to see, if only it wasn't the opposition today.
2: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring.
1: Yeah, so now we've talked about the FA Cup for a while already, but we're going to head into the topic and we're going to start off with Dan. We're going to talk about the FA Cup rules. There was a comment that was made earlier this week uh, by people at the FA about some possible proposals to keep the FA Cup both more interesting for everyone and also to kind of alleviate some fixture congestion things. We're just curious to get your guys' take on that, and then the the quasi-proposal that maybe the FA Cup winner could get a Champions League spot.
2: Uh, but I, I would think giving the FA Cup winner a Champions League spot would be going a bit too far, but I would like the idea of just anything to relieve fixture congestion and make it more viable, because a lot of the reason the FA Cup isn't taken seriously is because, well, this is the back end of the season, we've already got a lot of fixtures, weaving teams, and you just prioritizing competitions the FA Cup tends to fall behind the Premier League purely we do we all know why money um there's a lot more in it in the Premier League than there's the FA Cup um and I think getting re- replays are kind of I, I'm not a big fan of replays but I understand why people like them it's you know traditional but it really is a pain when a draw when you'd rather go out than draw it just That just seems very, very wrong to me. So getting rid of replays, at least in the later rounds, would be ideal. Uh, And, yeah, it it probably needs something to spice it up a bit. But Champions League is probably too far, but something to alleviate fixture congestion and get rid of replays, at least to some extent, I would be very much behind that.
1: Yeah, and Martin Glenn, who was the one talking about it, uh, did say that a concern about that would be the coefficient rating because you could have some random team yeah. from League 2 like somehow getting a Champions League spot right and then all of a and sudden that hurts. then get slaughtered. Yeah, that hurts on that count. Uh, Jay, another thing that was mentioned was the possibility of a winter period. I saw you were tweeting about this a little bit earlier. What's your view
3: on this? <laughs> yeah, I was ranting a little bit about this. Um, I, I just find it difficult to um, believe that they're trying to change the whole calendar uh, for certain competitions, because of a minority of teams, I, I completely understand teams that are um, competed on several different uh, fronts, like Tottenham, um, until, obviously, today. <laughs> Sorry, Kev. Um, and, you know, you've got, you've got teams competing in European competition, you've got teams competing in the FA Cup, still in the FA Cup, and they're challenging for the title. Completely understand all that. These are wealthy clubs. You can have a squad of players who are normally... Fair bit higher than everybody else, but my first point is the FA Cup being given a Champions League spot. It seems ludicrous to me because, well, I think it's something some crazy stat like twenty-one out of the last twenty-five FA Cup winners have been dominated by the top four in in, in the top division, uh, which is fair. But those other four teams, such you know, people like Wigan, Portsmouth, you know, they—if that's the case—they could have represented, um, you know, the country. In the Champions League now, while we're on the cusp of a possibility of performance problems in the Champions League and us possibly losing le- losing a place in the Champions League, so from four down to three, uh, uh, you know there is a chance that the FA Cup could, you know, in in the coming years, you could have a team. Reading got to semi final last year, narrowly uh, beaten by Arsenal. Was it in the semi finals? They yeah, could have gone on to win the FA. extra time. Yeah, yeah. So they could have gone on. To, say say they went on to the FA Cup, won the FA Cup went through the preliminary rounds of the Champions League and got smashed and got knocked out in the preliminary rounds. That would affect our rating as, as a country in terms of how many Champions League spots we have. Say they cut our Champions League spots down to three. You've already given one to the FA Cup. That means you've only got two left for the, to give to the Premier League sides. It just seems completely, completely the wrong idea. I, I guess the other idea you could think of is cut out the replays. I'm, I, I, I love the FA Cup. I, I remember... Uh, I think it was a, a FA Cup tie between Everton and Middlesbrough went to about four or five games, you know, one one main tie plus four replays it went to. Uh, th- that's crazy in itself. One replay is enough and then go to penalties. I don't see a need to cut out the replays. It only seems to be the sides that are challenging on all fronts. Don't want to have the replays like Spurs today. You know, they didn't want to have a replay because of the fixture, fixture congestions it would cause. On the flip side of coin, you've got the possible winter break. Now, for me, the winter break would be abused because I think that there'd be some teams that would go on a, a tour of Asia or a tour of uh, US. You couldn't say there'd be a winter break for two weeks or three weeks or whichever it would be um, and stipulate that teams can't go on onto on to, on to breaks in other countries because they just you know they just, they just couldn't do that. But then those games that don't get played in the winter break are still got to be played some, some other time. So you're either prolonging the season or having to fit those other games into um, another part of the season, which will, you know, mean more fixture congestion for that part. Because if teams are getting further in Europe, you've got more fixtures. You know, it 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 seems really hard to kind of try and change things too much. Um, I don't know what the ideal solution is. I'm I am being quite critical of the suggestions that are being made. Um, the other one could possibly be is by not having replays, you're... Um, you're 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 kind of penalising the smaller clubs in the leagues one to two, a championship even even the non-league clubs to get through, and there's no guarantee that non-league clubs will get through the FA Cup stages to get a big tie, a glamour tie against United. But it has happened. Um, and the other idea is that if you scrap replays, then maybe the whole proceeds of the FA Cup as a whole is split equally among those teams that compete in the third round. Maybe, maybe that's the thing because you know Premier League sides do get an awful lot of money from next season, even more money for the television rights. uh, And that's just for Premier League sides. So perhaps, you know, if you're going to cut out replays, then you equally share the money from the whole of the FA Cup rounds from the third round on between all the sides that make the third round. That's the only thing. If you're going to cut the replays, you know, would would clubs agree to that? Very possibly. You know, I don't like the idea of cutting out replays because it takes a little bit of magic away, I think. If a team goes to United... You know, in the third round, and and, and Swan or one ends up taking them back to their place. Uh, you know, X to Liverpool. Uh, their first game was at, uh, um, you know, was at home, and they drew a Liverpool. Obviously, a weak and Liverpool side, um, but they ended up getting a glamour tie, a replay at uh, at Liverpool. Um, you know, that, that's exactly what you know the FA Cup's all about. Some of those players may not ever play in some stadium like that. Um, and to take that away from, my find is is quite harsh. And like I say, there's no there's no easy solution. Um, if they think there's going to be a solution, maybe you could cut the Carling Cup. You know, the Carling Cup has been changed from one format to another. Does anybody actually think the Carling Cup is is a, is a legitimate competition on the calendar? Maybe the winners of it each year. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, it's so nobody right. else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, exactly right. You know, you could you could say you could cut the um, the semi-finals into just one leg rather than two two leg affair. Yeah um but that's not you know that's not changing too much is it that's not that's not a solution um i i, I struggle to see what can be done without um something being taken away from the game that we have and like i say i i seem to have a bit of a problem with this these changes being proposed for the minority rather than the majority you're talking about four or five teams a season um and I think it's crazy like i mentioned to give the champions a champions league place to the fa cup uh because of the reasons i mentioned i mean the premier league's more you know a, a lot more um, open this season but you would like to think that a team like Leicester going in the champions league would have more of a chance of getting through the earlier rounds than a team like in a you know qualify for a championship for the fa cup which can happen you know like i say it's been dominated by um, you know, top four clubs in the top division for quite a while, but there have been four occasions where it hasn't been, and those clubs could end up. You know, if you go out early in the preliminary rounds, it'll affect those four places that we do hold. Could cut them down to even more. So, there's no easy solution for sure. Um, and I might sound critical on all of those solutions. I don't have uh, the perfect solution either, but um, it, it, it's it's a tough one. I think whatever you do, there's going to be a problem.
1: Yeah, I think you made a lot of really good points there. I, I specifically really like the idea of kind of sharing the revenue to guarantee that some of the smaller clubs still get some of that payout that they would get if they had a reverse tie. But in terms of the just the football on the pitch, I think it's much more likely that a smaller side, if given 30 more minutes or went to penalties, would have a better chance than playing a full 90 minutes against a much stronger side. The, the longer you play matches like that, the more the cream is going to rise to the top. And so... While it it is beneficial for the financial reasons that you mentioned, if you get a club like that coming to your stadium, you obviously get a lot of money. And then if you go to their stadium, you can make even more on ticket sales, uh, especially if they share it with you, which a lot of times happens. Um, From football reasons, if you are a side that's already taken it to a replay, you you could, in theory, have them on the ropes. If you Mm -hmm. have a situation where you're Exeter and Liverpool, you're already level. Just give them another 30 minutes or if, even if like to cut down even more, if it went straight to penalties, that would probably boost their chances of winning it even higher, which could lead to some of these smaller teams making it deeper in the tournament, which we haven't been seeing as much the past few years. Um, but yeah, I, I think there could be some revitalization that could be done to it. I think that Dan and I may have a different perspective because we're not from there. So maybe kind of the romance of it is perhaps a little lost in translation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I I do love the idea of revenue sharing, but I do think that shortening the tie would actually benefit some of the smaller teams and, and help them progress further into the tournament.
3: Yeah, very possibly, Kev. I mean, that's that's a really good point because sometimes, particularly if it's a home tie for for the for the smaller club. Um, yeah, managed to get that draw at home, but you know, just a second. The, the, the replay is just too much for them. Another ninety minutes at, at a big ground, can, you know, they can be overcome by the occasion. But you know, it has happened where teams have gone, you know, in, into the replay and, and and won that game. And for me, that kind of magic of the FA Cup is 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 clinging on as a competition. I think. Uh, I think uh, you know, money has um, had such an impact on the game. Over the years, that the FA Cup is still one that really has that magic attached to it, because of the fact that you know the FA Cup starts in end of July, August, from the very bottom of the footballing pyramid in this country. I mentioned before before we started recording that you know the pyramid, the football pyramid in this country is huge. You know, everyone sees a Premier League all the way around the world, but that is just. the tip of the iceberg in this country the, the levels go down to 12 13 14 all the way down it, it, it's absolutely massive and the fa cup starts on you know as park football you know my local team which is literally 10 minute walk from me starts yeah you know, their first fa cup tie qualifying round is sort of august time uh you know when the season generally starts um so it's a long long old competition and I'm not saying any of these sides from you know from, from those early rounds through to the to the third round but you know along the way there's so much football and so much involvement by grassroots football. It it's probably the only competition which still links grassroots to you know those big wealthy paid players and clubs that play in the final.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think anybody would argue that there are fixture congestion issues, however, with Manchester City basically saying we're going to play the kids and then mm. doing so. Um, so mm. if that is the issue and and we don't want the FA Cup to be changed, what could the Premier League do to kind of reduce this issue?
3: Good point. I suppose the, uh, the obvious one is cutting the teams, isn't it? I mean, there was talk a while ago of cutting it to 18 teams. Um, that was a few years back now. Um, but that would only save you, you know... What's that? Four games a season, wouldn't it? So it's you know, there's so there's so many ideas out there. You know, the winter break is another one, which you mentioned. You know, and and there is you know, mentioned. You know, less football would help the national team. Um, you, know, you know, would it? I mean, I don't I don't really believe that clubs have a vested interest in in. International team at all because of the way they are with their players and how they pull their players out of international squads, particularly for England. Here we have a big problem with that, um, always have done uh, with, with some of the bigger sides, um, particularly. But I don't think there's an easy solution whatsoever. Um, I, I think that you know there's just got to be an understanding from the big clubs that you know fixture congestion, it, it, you know that's what comes with success. If you're going to be challenging on three or four fronts, then. So be it. You know, a lot of the teams do have scores capable. I mean, I think Pochettino's done really well with the way he's changed things. He hasn't gone out and played a youth team today. He's just made a couple of tweaks here and there. You know, particularly when he went to Italy on Thursday, he made a couple of changes for that game. Started Kane on the bench, um, and then started Kane. You know, from the start today. You know, it's only a few tweaks here and there. I think he's doing the right thing by doing that. Is it too much football now to be able to challenge on all three fronts, you know, the FA Cup, the Europa League, as well as the Premier League? I mean, it's clear that the Premier League is the number one priority for Spurs because, you know, it's the best chance you've had of winning it for God knows how many years. Um, but to challenge on that many fronts and that much football, perhaps it's just something that, the, you know, the clubs need to swallow um, and think, well, you know, we have to change our priorities and, and, and kind of deal with it.
1: Yeah, I I just had this thought right now. We already mentioned the the Capital One Cup. I think it's unlikely that they take that away because uh, it's a chance for teams to win trophies, which is something that most Mm. clubs would want. But what about if we flipped the schedule where the FA Cup holds more weight, you do that early in the season, get it out of the way, then if you have the Capital One Cup later in the season, maybe you can field weakened sides. Obviously, there are lower side teams in that competition than in the FA Cup Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Maybe that would relieve the amount of high-impact matches, and then teams could get a little bit of rest that way. I don't know. Like I said, just came up with this right now.
3: No, that's, that's a fair point. Although the problem you have at the FA cup is like I mentioned, it starts in August as it is from, from the very low uh, bottom of the pyramid, uh, through yeah. park football. So by the time you get to, you know, the involvement of the premier league side so in the third round, which is January. Anyway, I think it's you know, the FA cup is, uh, is such a big competition that it lasts the whole season as it is anyway. Um, Capital One Cup, I think, but that's that's like the second game of the season, isn't it? Pretty much, I think we normally have a Premier League game, and then and then we have a midweek game soon after that, which is the Capital One Cup, the first round. So it's yeah, it's tough. The 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 only way I can see it being changed is by dropping the Carling Cup, the League Cup. I wouldn't want it to happen, but I think the the FA Cup holds more prestige than the League Cup. The League Cup has been the one which has had to change over time. you know, perhaps you know, maybe maybe, cause I think already the, the teams that are in Europe already come into the latter stages of, I think they come into the fourth round, don't they? In the league cup, I think, or third round, I'm not sure. Third, um, so I think. Yeah. Yeah. So there is still a, there is a bit of leeway already, um, for, for clubs that are in Europe, but is that a part of the season that needs it? Probably not. But again, like I say, if, you know, if, if you're successful, then you're going to have, um, fixture congestion, um, and I can see why they want to look at it because um, they want English teams to do well in, in in European competition, which hasn't been quite the case in the last couple of years, and also a national team as well. But um, I, I, like I say, there's not an easy solution is there at all. There's nothing that sticks out which can't be criticised uh, for one reason or another. You know, one person's suggestion is somebody else's um, pet hate in you know I don't want that change or I don't want this change I'm, I'm not adverse to change at all um, it may sound from what I'm saying but um, maybe I maybe I'm speaking from the fact that you know Palace we don't have um, that issue of European football we have the League Cup we have we have the FA Cup as well of course this season but um, we, we rarely have a, a huge issue um, and obviously Premier League is our is our bread and butter. I mean, that that's what the, the league, we want to stay in. If we were struggling at the bottom, I could see why teams wouldn't particularly want to play, uh, you know, a full strength side in the competition. And and, and the same for teams at the top, pretty much like City did today. Um, I don't agree with it at all. Um, I remember Hull being fined a few years ago for playing a, we- is it Hull got fined for playing a weakened team in the, in the Premier League? Um, it was Mick McCarthy. Few- who-
2: I think it was Nick it was McCarthy's team. I don't remember yes, who it was. Yes, that's right. Yeah.
3: But yeah. Um, all, yeah, Wolves, that's right. Uh, yeah. Fine for, for taking a, a fielding a weakened team at United in a game that he didn't expect to get any points out of, so he wanted to concentrate on the game which he was playing um, a week later, which was against a, a relegation rival. Um, I don't see a big issue with that, but if you're going to do it in the Premier League, surely you've got to be doing the same in the FA Cup if a team does the same in the FA Cup. But again, it's probably you know because of who you are. Um, that you can get away with it, and because you're challenging in the, in the Europa League as well, or oh, sorry, the Champions League as well, um, perhaps doesn't you know, carry as much weight. I don't know, but um, it, it really is a tough one. It really is. I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't have the the right answer, and, and and if I had a suggestion to make it right, then it, somebody else won't like it. So it's, you know, it's it's all argumentative, isn't it? I mean, if there is a perfect answer, it'd be in place. So, yeah. (laughs) I mean, never
2: underestimate the
1: bureaucracy. Also, clubs in the championship play tons of matches as well. Is there a chance that maybe Premier League sides are just a little spoiled, that that they usually get a full (laughs) week and now it's like, oh, we have to play three matches in ten days, the horror? Well, Hull also didn't want to replay
2: and they played us this week. They mm. also were like, "No, nah, mm. we don't want this," but they got mm. it anyway. But because <laughs> they have, like you yeah, said, because they're they, leading the championship right now, they don't want that. Yeah, and they have, um, oh, someone put it up. I want to say it was like ten games in twenty-eight days. That is a complete... I don't know if that's correct or not, but something mm. ridiculous. Sounds like FIFA scheduling.
3: Yeah, it is, and it's right. I mean, we're talking about a league that has twenty-four teams in it, That's forty-six games a season. Um, you know, in in that in that league, isn't it? So you're talking. FA Cup as well. If you have a run in the FA Cup as well, you have a run in the League Cup. You know, you're talking over 50 games a season um, for a team that wants to be in the Premier League. Um, you know, playoffs as well. If you get into the playoffs, it's more games. Yeah, um, yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, it's not just the Premier League, we're talking about here. Um, you know, there is the Champions League wants to be the, the European Super League, doesn't it? I mean, it's, it's grown to what it is now. Um, at, to the detriment of the, uh, you know, the clubs' home countries and and the and the, and the leagues they play in, it, it really is. And I think it's the the football back home that will suffer. Um, you know, because you know, look at City at the moment; they're str- I say struggling in the, in the Premier League, but they're not. They're, they're not in there with, you know they're, they're not far away, but they're not uh, at the top they of the table. Have, they should um,
1: have already won the title, basically. If they, they played their best eleven the in the Premier
3: League. Drop. Yeah, exactly right. But it just shows how um you know how the season's been this year, really. But I think the the Champions League has got so big. I mean, I, my other problem I have with the Champions League is that there seems to be a safety net for teams that fail in the Champions League and they can go into the Europa League. I don't. I still don't understand that. Yeah,
1: everybody that's interested in that, uh, maybe I can tweet out the link to my article I had for you a couple of years back on that. Um, it's an interesting point you make about the Champions League being bad for the Premier League because obviously the last time Tottenham were in it, we had to prioritize. Did we want to make as deep a run as we could in the Champions League or try to get Champions League football again for the next year? We chose the glory route to dare us to do and all that, made it to the quarterfinals, got bounced by Ottawa. <laughs> Because of course. Um, Also, all the Spurs fans that were angry at Peter Crouch for getting us knocked out, like his head isn't the reason we were in it in the first place. But that's a different <laughs> argument for a different day. But I've already had this thought. It, like I think it was last week, maybe two weeks ago. No, yeah, it was after we beat City and United and West Ham lost that I was finally comfortable saying that I think Tottenham will be in next year's Champions League. So as soon as you do that, you have to start thinking about it. Is our side actually good enough to field a full-strength Champions League team and a full-strength Premier League team? No. And Pochettino's idea about squad building is not to have tons of players. It's to have players that you believe in and believe in you. So if you ask me right now what competition would we play our strongest team in next year, it would probably be the Champions League, which exactly to your point would lead to us fielding a weaker side in the Premier League, which would make it you know, less interesting. So yeah, that, that is a, a very good point and concern Again, not really sure if there's anything that can be done about it um, other than getting all the Premier League TV money to spend on players so that we can have a stronger Champions League side <laughs> and just play an English side in the Premier League, I guess, with Mason and all those guys. But, it's it's very interesting points you make there.
3: It's like football kind of... I don't know, kind of eating itself in a way because we we all love watching football, don't we? But, you know, it, it's almost football every night of the week, isn't it? Now, uh, you know, particularly next season, it's going to be Friday night matches in the Premier League. Um, There's been Friday night matches in the FA Cup this season, which actually I prefer Friday night football to uh, to Monday night football. I have to say, yeah. um, because but, it like gets you ready fact, for
1: it. Yeah, kind of. It's, it's like an appetizer of a, instead of dessert. It is.
3: It is, and then Monday night football. Sometimes it's like Monday. Oh, uh, it, it doesn't does quite the same feeling a Monday night game to kind of ease you into the week. I don't know if that's the idea or not, but I don't. You know, traveling to a game on a Monday night. It's Mondays a horrible day, um, but 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 regardless, you know, there's so much football, um, so much money in in football. Everyone wants more football. Everyone wants more money. Uh, you just kind of wonder you know, how far is that going to go and, until something um, something happens, something snaps. I don't know, but it's um, yeah. I, I guess we enjoy it for the moment, but it, it, it's kind of got to a breaking point, isn't it, in a way, because something's got to give somewhere.
1: Yep, and uh, feel free to tweet us or email us uh, your thoughts on this issue. As, as We reached no actual conclusions. Um, so <laughs> let us know how you think we could best deal with this going forward. All right, we're going to finish up with Player Watch, where we're each going to discuss a player that impressed and one who disappointed. And if you don't want to say someone disappointed, pick a player from the opposition who impressed you in your FA Cup match. We'll start with Dan and Arsenal.
2: Um, Alex Iwobi, I'll go with a uh, player who impressed. I thought he looked good, and I'm usually someone who it's hard to it's hard for youth players to impress me because I don't like to get my hopes up for those because most of them aren't going to make it, but he has looked good in his... uh <laughs> Coughs. Yeah well that was <laughs> never gonna work <laughs> he's bad um sorry i we love you but you're not good um yeah no awobi has looked solid and he's looked like he just fits well he fits he's fit really well into the team when he's come in he's been able to just drop in drop out it's been he's been good to watch he had some nice turns had one shot on his weak foot which was very close to curling into the bottom corner um Played like I said, he fits in very well. He's very good at the playing one twos, interchange and stuff. Um, but no, he was he was very good. And more because no one was distinctly bad. Less I don't want to say someone was bad. More just because the whole keeper was really really good. I'll say he was the player from the opposition that press because he made 11 saves, including one on a Joel Campbell free kick where he did that thing where keepers go and it seems like all of them do it now. They take the step to the wrong side and then they realize it's coming at their side and they have to go back the other way, but he actually got the other way and got a fingertip to it to push it onto the post and it was a incredible save and the not someone that you expect. Was yeah, that was awesome. That vibe is great. But yeah, it's not exactly something you expect from a championship side second string keeper, but he pulled it out of the bag. He had a fantastic game. He was he's he's the reason that we're having the replay.
1: All right, Jay, I don't really want to hear more about this match, but
3: uh, <laughs> we're impressed for Crystal Palace. Okay, yeah, it's I always fun. I mean, today it was a real team performance, so it's difficult to pick out one player as, as a player that impressed me because it was a real, you know, we got stuck in, really good team effort. I think Martin Kelly scoring his first goal for us, obviously winning the game, I think he probably just edges it because he came in, I always think, Things happen for a reason. Perhaps Suarez got sent off against Watford last week for a reckless challenge. Or Hennessy did put him in trouble. Um, but this week, Kelly came in. He hasn't had a look in for for quite a few weeks played it right back and he, and he looked solid and he scored the goal. He scored the winning goal. So um, that's, that's got to be the one that, uh, that impressed me the most because it was a very solid performance from him, even though he's been out for a while, you know, not being in the first team. So um, it's a fair play to him. Adebayo also impressed me going back to his old stomping grounds. I think he did a lot of good things in that first half and and kind of proved his fitness until he uh, was replaced by Balassi in the last 20 minutes. Balassi, uh, I mentioned for him just purely because he was come back um, and there's a real buzz around the place now that he's back playing for us and he showed in that 20 minutes exactly what we've missed by running with the ball. I'm um, disappointed. i um, again, I don't think anybody really put a foot wrong for us today at all. Um so I'll go with somebody on the opposition side Kev that impressed me and other than Dembélé who went off and I think losing Dembélé kind of made it a little bit made your side a little bit lopsided. Um, as the second half went on, he kind of lost a little edge in there. Um, mm-hmm. But again, Alley was impressive once again in the middle. He had a couple of good chances. Um, yeah, a lot of people say he's had a lot of stick for the last, you know, couple of weeks, particularly after the game in Italy. You know, he's got a bit of a devil in him. But as a midfielder, you know, is it? You know, he's a young player. Um, you know, perhaps Pocino needs to put into one side and kind of doesn't want to knock it out of him. But as a midfielder, you want player. You know, players like that. I mean, every midfield yeah, midfielder faces a battle uh against players you know he's got that skill um but i think you've got to have a little bit of edge about you as well uh he showed that a little bit today he just needs to know when he's going to step over the mark a little bit but that come with age um he impressed me again today i'm lucky with the effort to bounce off both posts um had another couple of efforts which uh, i think one just narrowly went wide as well so it continues to impress and it's uh, that's, that can only be a good thing for england
1: yeah, and Ali easily could have left this game with a goal and an assist. Neither of them come good. Also, Martin Kelly, I think the, the commentator said he hadn't scored in four years, which led to Merce, most Spurs fans' reaction of, oh, of course. Um, <laughs> we, I'm sure every club feels this way because you'll remember the instances against you, but obviously Tottenham's no different. And whenever somebody has a streak like that, it's always broken against us. Like how Palace hadn't scored in forever, and then we played you in the Premier League, and then Jan Vertonghen gets an early own goal. It's like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. because of course, why wouldn't that happen to us? <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, Vorm did get his hand on that. Vorm ended up being pretty solid in this one, but much like uh, our second best defense, uh, there's always a mistake in in that group. I think not having Toby in there, uh, not not blaming Eric Dyer for anything of it, it's just... Toby, since day one, has become the leader of our defense. I mean, aside from Hugo, obviously. Uh, but with neither of them there, it, it, we seem to make a lot more mistakes than we had lately. Danny Rose had an amazing first half and then kind of faded. I think maybe he pushed himself a little too hard in the first half, lost a little bit of uh, energy there. But, you know, what are you going to do? A uh, player that impressed me the most. Ali's is not a bad shout. Uh... Can I, can I just go first half Danny Rose? I think that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> um, he, he was seriously everywhere. He was at left back for a little bit. He was at right back. Um, then, obviously, he was charging up the wing. Uh, we, <laughs> I joked on uh, Dave Hendricks show, another podcast earlier this week, that uh, Danny Rose is really just a winger. And you saw that today. There were multiple times when Danny Rose and uh Son got in each other's way because Danny Rose was like, no, I'm going to be the winger this time. You do something else. I don't really care. Uh, this is just where I play now. Um, he did so well in the first half. The second half, you could say he's responsible for the goal. He bit right, then the ball moved. Or sorry. he hmm, Oh, right, because they're facing two different directions. He bit to his right, which allowed the Crystal Palace players to play the ball out to their right, out to Martin Kelly, where there was just tons of space. And Martin Kelly had all the time in the world to compose himself for that finish. Um, like I said, Worm gets a hand on it. Still goes in. So first half, Danny Rose is my man of the match. Uh, the player that disappointed was our captain on Thursday, uh, Ryan Mason, who came on, and we thought that maybe that would re- help us reestablish uh, a little more presence in the midfield, and he was just poor. As soon as he came on, misplacing passes, not making the runs to get onto other things, passing the ball just out of play a couple of times, it was very strange for a player that uh, has fixed a lot of his ills of last season. Um, everybody, you know, it's really easy to talk about how della Ali is great, uh, how Danny Rose has improved. Uh, and how Kyle Walker has also improved as well. But uh, other than them, Ryan Mason has improved the most. Last season, he he literally didn't understand the concept of man marking at all. He, every time there was space behind him, he never filled it. He never dropped back. It, it, he was constantly making the wrong decision when it came to such things. He's really improved that this year. And I think that's why you've seen him vault ahead of the likes of Ben Taleb uh, and Tommy Carroll in the pecking order. But he, he just was not on it today and uh, hopefully he can sort that out soon. Or if he doesn't, then maybe we can actually get Nabil Bentaleb back into the side, who uh, just did nothing flashy. You know, Bentaleb was kind of our star youngster last season. Obviously, Delali has usurped that role for us, uh, but hopefully uh, he will find his way back. He, he didn't really put a foot wrong, per se, just nothing that really stood out, aside from a couple really clean uh, tackles, but... Other than that, not too uh, tremendously impressed, but like I said, not, not the most devastating loss I've suffered as a Tottenham supporter, but uh, Danny Rose impressed in the first half, and uh, oh wow, they're both half matches, <laughs> and then Ryan Mason when he came on in the second half also uh, disappointed. Yeah, and with that, we are done for the day, so if you have any projects you'd like to plug or want to tell people where to reach you,
2: now would be a good time. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. I am still Dan. I'm still an Arsenal fan, and you can still catch me on Twitter at the underscore jersey underscore fits.
3: Yeah, I'm Jay. I'm editor of the Eaglesbeak.com, a Palace fan site by fans for fans. We're on all social media. You can catch us on Twitter mostly, which is at the Eaglesbeak. And I'm also uh, work on the uh, local radio football show, which is called Back of the Net. And you can catch us on Twitter at underscore back of the net underscore.
2: Yeah,
1: and I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. As always, you can find my fantasy writings over at TheEaglesBeak.com. We'll be doing that again this week as we head into uh, another match week of fantasy. Uh, you can also check me out at PlayTaga.com. I will not be going on All in Sports Talk this week because I have to drive to my dad, uh, drive my dad to the airport during the recording of that, but that'll be the following week again. Uh, also, host of the FPL Roundtable goes up Thursdays and this, which goes up on Fridays and Mondays. I'm sure I forgot something, um, but, yeah. You know. I'm sure you've had enough of me anyway. So with that, I'll thank you guys so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure as always, and we hope you keep listening.
2: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.